God's plan is eternal. God's plan is love. But God's plan is consistent. And what we need to understand about God is that what we might look at as something awful is part of the plan. It's a good thing in the end. Because every situation that God shows us, it affects the plan and the people around the plan. But if we focus just on the situation, what will happen is we'll think God is not just. That was mean. Why did God do that? Let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 12. We're going to read a couple of examples by God's grace and, and understand that God's eternal plan oftentimes looks like it's a bad idea. But because we know God loves us, he did not come to condemn us. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked that die. These things that we know as principles we can hold on to, then when, when, when the situation comes and it looks a little squirrely, we don't get nervous. 2 Samuel chapter 12, start at verse 9. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord? Now this is the prophet talking to David. David had just done something very wicked. David had a man killed so he could be with his wife. Now that, you would consider that pretty wicked, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, that's a bad thing. So God says, wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in, in his sight? He said, thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. God just said, this is what you've done. Okay? But you've got to remember something about David. David was part of the eternal plan. Amen? Now let's see what, now this was the king, King David. See, in most kingdoms, especially today's kingdoms, this would have been swept under the rug. You know, we got, we got a history in this country about presidents stepping out on their wives and all kinds of things. See, it had just been put aside, hidden away, but this was the king of Israel. And God plays no favorites. Amen. He said he's no respect to persons, right? David sinned openly. So something had to happen. And he said, verse 10, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me. Now see why this happened. You think it was adultery. You think it was murder. But the real thing is, you despised me. You hated my commandments, David. Can we say amen? Because adultery is against his commandment, right? Murder is against his commandment. He chose to go against God. And this is why the punishment has come. And God says, I'm no respecter person. David, you got to suffer just like anybody else would suffer. Amen? Because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife, and David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. That's the best thing he could have said. And what Nathan said unto David, the Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. You see, because if we know God said, I didn't come here to condemn you. I came here to save you. But you're going to be punished. But you're not going to die. I'm not going to kill you. Your sin deserves death. But God's mercy stepped in. And also what he said, he said, guess what? I've taken that from you. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a wonderful thing God does? When we go to him and say, God, I have sinned against heaven. He said, I've taken that sin away. Amen. 
Don't we need that this morning? And David needed it bad. He said, thou shalt not die. But verse 14, how be it? Because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme the child also that is born unto thee so surely die. Now if you take that snapshot, you see God is cruel. No, he's not. God is just. You didn't die, David. But part of this eternal plan is I can't let this kill the eternal plan because the heathen is looking. See, the heathen looks more than we look. Just to say, see, David set it up that the heathen had something to say. Oh, your nation and your God. Remember, it's the battle of the gods, right? He said, your God, look at it. He said, I can't let you get away with it because the heathen is going to say, oh, man, your God ain't no different than our God. So David was punished. Was a just, was a just punish, wasn't it? It was a just punishment. But we got to understand it was part of the eternal plan. See, David being punished this way helped Israel. Remember, he came to save the world. He said all that would believe, he wanted to save them. That incident saved many lives because it taught that God was no respecter person and God needed to be obeyed. No matter what the circumstance, God needs to be obeyed. Amen? Amen. And we learned that lesson here. So when you're going through something or you having to suffer from something, know that it's not just you. You're part of something bigger. When your tribulation and trials are coming, it's, it's for a reason. And maybe you didn't do anything. Maybe it's for a testimony. Maybe it's your time on this time. He said, look, you can handle this. I want you to go through this because some, some weaker people out here can't go through it. I need you to be able to go through it so you have something to say to them. And then you can be used so I can show how wonderful I am, that I brought you out of that to where you are now. You ever thought about that? But we never get there because we get off the plan because it doesn't look like it's working for us. Let us stay inside the plan of God. Now, we saw David's son die. If we would just stay there, oh, God's a cruel God. But if you remember the principles we talked about, always remember God says, I love you. Amen? Don't ever forget that. I take no pleasure in death. God did not design the universe to even see death. He definitely didn't design us to see death. So he takes no pleasure in death. So don't let the death or let this, this particular account make us think any differently than about our God. Many souls were saved because of this. Now go to Daniel. Old Daniel. See, we try to, 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 to God's grace, to, to bring uh, maybe a difficult concept with familiar stories. So we're familiar with Daniel. We're familiar with David, right? But we really got to understand this concept of eternal plan and where we fit in it, and we need to stop bugging God about it. God, I don't know. He said, I know. I already told you you don't know. So what else you want to talk to me about? Maybe he said, my way, you don't, you don't know what I'm doing? Why don't we just say yay and amen and stay on the plan? Amen. But Daniel chapter 6, let's look at this. What happened to Daniel? If we look at it and say, Daniel had to go to the lion's den. Oh, God is awful. Let's keep reading. Daniel 6, let's start at verse 13. 
I mean, uh, yeah, verse 13 of Daniel 6. Now what happened was that he, Daniel got set up, right? And then answered they and said before the king, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, in other words, that slave you got in the, in the office, regardeth not thee, king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. He got set up, right? And one thing about Daniel, not sure, people always want to say Daniel worked in the, in, in the government. Daniel had a job. Yes. But I want you to finish your analysis of Daniel. See, you didn't get fired because you were Daniel. You got fired because you didn't do a good job. See, people want to say, well, I got fired. And it's because I raised my hand to the... No. You got fired because you were late twice a week. You got fired because you stole. You got fired because you had a bad attitude. You got fired because your reports weren't on time. That's why you got fired. Don't bring Daniel into this because Daniel was a different kind of servant. The reason they had to set him up is because his work was impeccable. They couldn't find anything. They looked and couldn't find one pecan that was stolen. He was always on time. His reports were always ready. And they were exceeding and far greater than anybody else's. So if you're going to claim Daniel, claim all of Daniel. Amen. So Daniel was a good man, wasn't he? Daniel was placed there. He was an honest man. So, but Daniel had to go to the lion's den because the lion's den was part of the eternal plan. Let's keep reading. Verse 14. Then the king, when he heard these words, was what? Oh, man. He was so displeased with himself because he said, man, I was a sucker. He got set up too, didn't he? But look at this eternal plan of God. He said, pleased with himself and, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. He said, there's got to be a loophole. There's got to be something in the legislation that I could get past right quick. I could, can, I, can I do executive decision? What is it? Uh, use my executive power. But it didn't work like that in the land of the Medes and the Persians. He labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Verse 15. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and the Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king established may be changed. A part of the eternal plan. The devil thought he won. So you've got to remember why Daniel was there in the first place. Why did the Hebrew boys become slaves there? They could have become slaves anywhere. But this was the capital of the then known world. And God's word was going to be preached in this capital. And it took someone like Daniel to do it. Now let's keep reading. Let's go to 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. You see the eternal plan here? The king is seeing something. And the king had the power to make other people see it. And that's the eternal plan. If you've got to go to the lion's den, say, thank you, Lord, because there's a king that needs to see this. So the people may be able to hear your voice. Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Let's go down to 19. He said, then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste 
to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? You see the eternal plan? God was going to show his power. God was going to show his love. God was going to show his mercy. And God was going to communicate to an individual who had the power to spread this word more than Daniel. And what did Daniel verse 21 say? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. Wasn't that a great thing? He said, I'm not mad at you, king, because I know this was part of the eternal plan. And verse 22, he says, my God has sent his angel and have shut the lion's mouths, that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. You see the position, holy, humble, contrite. We read that in Isaiah about who God, who God re resides with. This was Daniel's testimony. So Daniel could be used in the eternal plan and be what? What's the word? He could be used because he was what he was supposed to be. The King Darius, verse 25. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree. Here's another decree. That in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. If, God, if Daniel wasn't willing to go to the den and be part of the eternal plan, this decree would not have happened. So Darius said, everybody trembled before the God of Daniel. And this is why, for he is the living God and steadfast forever and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even until the end. He delivereth and rescueth. Look at, look at all this testimony that the king has about Daniel's God. He ain't mentioned Daniel really but once. He said, the battle of the gods, the results are in, Daniel's God is God. That's, that was the eternal plan. And he said, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who have delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Do you see, it wasn't the lions then that Daniel should have been concerned about, and he wasn't. Daniel just wanted to make sure he was with the eternal plan. Because the eternal plan is so much bigger than us. It's bigger than our circumstance. It's bigger than what we're going through. It's bigger than even, we, sometimes it's not a tribulation that we're going through. It might be a great happy time that we're going through. But it's not that moment in time that we need to be focused upon. It is the eternal plan. Because moments change. Circumstances change. But your dedication to the eternal plan should never change. Daniel didn't change, did he? Daniel had some ups and downs in that kingdom, didn't he? But he stayed steadfast to the eternal plan. What about Acts chapter 7? There was a brother that it got, was a part of the eternal plan for, for our witness. And guess what? He didn't get delivered. Turn to Acts chapter 7. He didn't get delivered. He died. But you know what? It didn't change. His focus was on the eternal plan. Acts chapter 7 verse 51. Acts chapter 7, let's begin at verse 51. 
He was, Stephen was this man's name. We, we, last night we talked a little bit about Stephen in, in the men's meeting. And, and, and Stephen was chosen because he was full of the Holy Ghost. He was a wise person. He, he, he believed and he held on to God and God's eternal plan. So Stephen was chosen. Now Stephen has been chosen for another mission in the eternal plan. It was not going to go well with Stephen. Stephen had a hunch that this was going to be the case, but Stephen went anyway because he said, man, this is just a moment in time. My God is using me for the eternal plan. So he was standing in front of the church members, the church board, the general conference, if you will. And these are the words that came out of his mouth. This is after he rehearsed the history of Jesus. He said, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears. Now, you know what kind of man Stephen must have been. He's standing before the big boys, and he's not biting his tongue. Amen. It took a Stephen to do this. A little meaty mouth, you know, well, y'all really ain't right, but y'all need to change. <laughs> God says, Stephen, you. Mm -hmm. Stephen stepped up, didn't he? Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. He said, yes, Lord, what you want me to do? He said, say this to him. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears, you always resist who? The Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost was in him talking. Yeah. He said, you're resisting me because you always resist the Holy Ghost. He said, as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have, your, have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have now <laughs> been the betrayers and murderers. Mm. Oh, it took a man to do this. Yes. Somebody with some back. <laughs> Somebody who wasn't going to blink. Somebody knew that death was imminent. He, he didn't care, though. He wasn't trying to save his life. He was trying to make sure he was on the eternal plan. Verse 53 says, Who have received the law by the dispensation of angels and have not kept it? I mean, he was rubbing it in. The angels told y'all. I mean, you got your word straight from heaven, oh Israel, and you still didn't do it. Now, let's see how they reacted to this. When they heard these things, they were repentant. They said, Lord, thank you for the last shot. Oh, thank you. We know these 70 weeks are about up, and we about to, oh, thank you, Jesus. No, they didn't answer like that, did they? When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Can you imagine? I've seen little kids that mad. I've seen kids bite other kids. Have you seen it? Because you get so mad. Ah! But these were grown people. The spirit of Satan was so strong in them, their fury was uncontrollable. And they gnashed him with his teeth. Think that hurt? Let's go to 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him in one accord. They couldn't take it anymore. The truth was so strong, they, had to, they thought they were killing the truth. Verse 58, and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses, look at this eternal plan. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Look at this eternal plan. Oh, if we'd have got caught up in the stoning of Stephen and left it there, we said, God, that's cruel. Why would a great servant of yours have to go down like this? And he said, my eternal plan, Saul needed to see this. 
we're going to get who Saul is, right? Just a second. Verse 59, and they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, because that's part of the eternal plan. Okay, my, my physician is over here on earth. Man, I can't wait to go home. Do we have that in our soul today? Verse 60 said, and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not, that sin, lay not this sin to their charge. Why? Because remember, he believed that God didn't come to condemn, he came to save. And Stephen was being used to save people. And when he had said this, what did he do? Took a nap. Fell asleep. Man, he, I ain't got to he, feel this stone going upside my head no more. These bite marks won't bother me anymore. Because now I fulfilled my role in the eternal plan. Go to Acts chapter 9. See how wonderful God is. Stephen died in this manner at this time, saying those things in front of a man who was going to be called on to get you in this building today. Acts 9, let's go to verse 10. Now Saul had, had got knocked off his, his horse. He had had a conversation with Jesus. You know, he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, Jesus, the one you persecute. What's wrong with you? You kick it, well, you, it, it, it's hard to kick against the prick, son. I've been trying to get you. You remember Stephen? He was there. And not only there, he was, he was the one in charge, you know, sitting there, okay, everybody lay the coats down. He, he, so he was close to the action. Saul saw something in Stephen. See, Saul was just as, as mad as those that were stoning him. But he saw something in Stephen that he had never seen before. A man willing to go through the eternal plan without reservation, hesitation. He said, all right. And he saw that face glowing like he'd never seen before. And between Stephen and this moment, it, it, he had to think about that a little bit. Wouldn't you? Man being killed for righteousness sake. Killed because he stood for a principle. Killed because he stood for his God. He saw that. He had never seen that before. Because remember, he'd been a church man. You know, in the churches, you know, you kind of slither and slide. You kind of make sure, you know, you kind of hide. Nobody's really standing. Everybody's compromising because, you know, that's how we want to be. Everybody won't be happy. You know those people, right? Stephen wasn't like that. Amen. Guess what? We can't be like that either Amen. if we're going to be part of the eternal plan. Now, Acts chapter 9, Stephen had been knocked off. He had talked to the Lord. He had gone blind. In verse 10, it says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him saith the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Hey, Ananias, part of what? The eternal plan. Amen? Amen. Now look, now we're going to know that in just a minute. Let's go to verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And have seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Verse 13 says, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by 
many of this man, how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Oh, but Adonis understood the principle. He said, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I didn't come to condemn. I came to save. So let's keep reading. Verse 14. And here, here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is what? A chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. It's eternal plan. Saul saw Stephen. Saul was a part of the eternal plan. Stephen was willing to go through whatever he had to go through to stay on the plan. If it wasn't for Stephen, Saul wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for Saul, you wouldn't be here. You see how the thing works? But oh, if we take the snapshot of Stephen being stoned, God is a, you got to serve God, you, you got to go through pain. Right? Because that's what we complain about. Why is life so hard? Go up a little higher and get on the eternal plan and see that this is nothing. Because if, you, if you, eternity is in your mind, what's a day? What's five years if it takes a thousand sleepless nights? What is that? Thousands, what, roughly 2.75 years. So what? If you, your mind is in eternity, what do you, how, how long is too long? What does Saul do? For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now look with Ananias, the one who is on the eternal, eternal plan. Ananias went his way and entered into the house and, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul. Now look at, look at this. Ananias just said, this man is coming to kill me. But because his mind was on the eternal plan, the first time he saw this man, what did he call him? Brother Saul. Why? Because Jesus approved it. We better re be, don't let that just slide by. If Jesus approves somebody, they okay, right? Amen. No matter what your personality is. I don't like him. What? Too bad. God chose him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, he hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank God for Ananias. So what about us? Will we line up with the eternal plan? The only way to do that is we have to have a certain mind. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to get y'all out of here in just a second. It's kind of a strange vibe in here today. What's wrong? Everybody been beat up or something? I mean, it's just kind of like, mm. First, okay, okay. Sister Jerry saved y'all. She says first time was first cold night, so y'all just might, you know, your bones are cold. Y'all ain't warmed up yet. Well, guess what? You're going to have plenty more from now on through March, so you might as well go on and get heated up. We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Question this morning, will we line up with the plan of eternity? 
We've got to have the mind of eternity. And that's where it all begins. We've got to have our minds set on heaven. Set your affections where? On things above. That's where eternity is. And that's where we have to keep our minds up there. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And we can begin at verse 12. There's the transition. Are we ready? 1 Corinthians 2, 12 says, Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. See, what happened? We have received this. We have to get rid of the spirit of the world that causes us to forget the eternal plan and receive God's spirit. He said, I'm freely given to you things that you need. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom speaketh or teacheth. Why? Because man will tell you that the stoning of Stephen was a cruel act. That Daniel going to the lion's den was a terrible thing. Only a horrible God would do that. God says, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So what type of mind does God want us to have? A spiritual mind. A mind that has risen above the spirit of the world. He said, But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But what? We have the mind of Christ. So here we go. This is the eternal mind, is the mind of Christ. And he said, you need to have the mind of Christ. So you may be able to be a Stephen, a Daniel, a, a, a Esther. Uh, uh, you may be able to be a Priscilla. You may, uh, you may be able to be a Paul. You may be able to be an Isaiah. Because he, they had the mind of Christ. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so they were raised above the spirit of the world. And they kept their mind on the eternal promise. Stay in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We, so I'm sorry, in, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Is this flesh designed to live forever? So if the flesh suffers, we ain't taking with it. It's not going with us anyway. You live to be a hundred. You ain't taking this flesh with you. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Thank God for that. The older you get, you be like, oh, Lord, I'm glad we're going to be renewed. Because, <laughs> oh, my body, oh, no. Lord, I can't live like this forever. <laughs> but God says, look, I need you to understand this. First, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. For which cause we faint not. The cause of who? The cause of the eternal plan. We are not going to faint. We're going to keep on moving. But through our outward, though our outward man perish, Stephen, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. See, what, not only the final perish of the, of the outward man, but also the, the spiritual aspect of the outward man. He said, let that die, that the inward man may be renewed. That inward man being that spiritual-minded man, that eternal-minded man, let it be renewed for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. 
For the things which are seen are what? Temporal. temporal. All of them little issues we got. Temporal. Hey, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. This is where we're going to start living today. In the eternal plan. We're going to start saying, Lord, let my focus be on you. Let my focus be on the eternal plan. And wherever I fit in that plan, thank you for letting me be in it. We might be a Daniel. You might be a, a Joseph. You might be, 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 now who snuck up on Jesus? Not snuck up on Jesus. Who met Jesus at night? You might be a Nicodemus. Joseph of Arimathea. You might be that. That might be your role in the eternal plan. Amen? He might not ask you to be crucified and sawed asunder. He might, not, he might just ask you, look, my church needs to do that for them. You might be the, 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 the person working in the kitchen. That's part of the eternal plan. Amen. You might be the one that vacuums the floor. It's part of the eternal plan. Is there any small jobs with Jesus? No, no, no. Now everybody, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to be like Daniel. No, you're not. Do you want a poodle can come and breathe on you? And you jump out your skin. Mm -hmm. Do you know what it took to be Daniel? Brothers, do you know the first thing it took to be Daniel? Daniel hung out with the prince of the eunuchs. Enough said. No, I want to be Daniel. Okay. Go down to the hospital. You know, just like you do, you know, they do for pets. Go ahead. You want to be Daniel? Then Daniel had to, 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 to face certain death. Daniel had to be exposed to death plots every day of his life. You want to be Daniel? Daniel had to go somewhere that got hot, not knowing if he was coming out. He'd be dropped in a den of lions, not know he was coming out. We can't get, we're just not Daniel right now. We'll just say that. <laughs> but we, maybe we don't have to be Daniel. But we got to be something in this eternal plan that God has designed us to be. Accept the eternal plan. Not be focused on the temporal, on the things that are seen. Because God has a way of working it out, doesn't he? I mean, I, 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 I can't tell you enough. God works things out. And with me, he works it out in ways I cannot see. I could not have imagined it. And he works it. I said, Lord, you just God. <clears throat> he said, I wish you would stop worrying about it. Keep asking me. Keep it before me like I forgot. He said, the only reason I asked you to keep it before me is it keeps you understanding that I'm going to help you. Not because I don't know what you're doing or what's going on with you. He does things in ways that if you're part of the eternal plan, it just happens. So let's start and stay in the eternal plan. Amen? Let's have a word of prayer.